Get comfortable, folks. I have a recording. I'm going to get read video. Old Testament passage, 2 Samuel. <laughs> basically all of 2 Samuel. <laughs> In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel with him. They ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon. When David rose from his couch and was walking about on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sent someone to inquire about the woman. It was reported, this is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers to get her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she was purifying herself after her period. Then she returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab and the people fared and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. Uriah went out of the king's house, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the entrance of the king's house, and all the servants of his lord, and did not go down to his house. <coughs> when they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, You have just come from a journey. Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah remains in booths. And my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to Uriah, Remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day. On the next day, David invited him to eat and drink in his presence and made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him so that he may be struck down and die. And Joab was as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant warriors. The men of the city came out and fought with Joab, and some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite was killed as well. When the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead, she made lamentation for him. When, she, when the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife, the Lord and son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. He brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his meager fare and drink from his cup and lie in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. 
Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was loath to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared that for the guest who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I appointed you king over Israel, and I rescued you from the hand of Solomon. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. If that had been too little, I would have added as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, for you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. The word of the Lord. Right on. Thanks, brother. Woo! Good grief. Yeah, go to some coffee after that. That's a rough one. He's done. Yeah, my word. Days of our lives. Uh, are you with me? If you guys haven't read that one in a minute, um, you know, we had to we had to wait till the kids were out of the room before we read that whole text. So uh, it's a doozy. Uh, right on. Good stuff. So, um, man, where do we go from here? Uh, I want to talk about about four things. Uh, big picture this morning uh, for us would be uh, snowballs, bubbles, battles, Bathsheba. So we're going to go from there and see how that goes. But uh, a layer down, we've got to cover, let's see, feminism, adultery, murder, lies, coveting, echo chambers, and climate change. So we're just going to jump into the text this morning and, uh, and see what happens uh, this morning. So there's just a lot of good stuff in here. So um, anyway, um, man, there's just so much going on in the, in the world, isn't there? Um, all right. I'm not going to reread this whole text, but I want to walk through it a little bit. Um, it starts out in uh, chapter 11 of 2 Samuel, right? And it says, in the, in the spring of the year, when the... When the time, uh, when, when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel with him, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. So uh, David is typically like the hero in the story, right? He's the, he's the gladiator in the battles. He's, he, he's the one uh, that, we, that we normally see in the stories. Uh, and, and this is even the time when the kings go out to battle, right? Uh, but something happens in this narrative. Uh, something shifts, right? Uh, David's kind of like staying behind here. Uh, so something, something with David is sort of shifting in the narrative, right? Normally, he's sort of uh, in the front, right? He's the he's the runt shepherd boy. Before he was a runt shepherd boy, right? Before he was a friend uh, uh, running for his life, right? Before he was the victor in Israel, uh, right? Now David is 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 something else. Uh, and the text actually says a little bit. It says it says uh, he's on the couch. Right, I, I love that this is, uh, this is in there. Like he's, he's on the couch. Anyway, verse 2. Uh, and so it happened late one afternoon uh, when David rose from his couch and was walking about it on the roof of the king's house. Uh, again, so here you're sort of getting this uh, more of an image. Uh, David's just sort of like 
leisure and his life of uh, luxury, right? He's got time on his hands, which inevitably is always the devil's playground, right? Uh, when we got time on our hands, uh, as, as they would like to say. Or another way of putting it, uh, one said, if we are about the business to which God has set us, there is little room left for us to do what we ought not to do. Okay, uh, verse 2 continued. Oh, I totally lost my place. So, uh, but David remained at Jerusalem. Okay, yeah. Roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to inquire about the woman. And it was reported this is Bathsheba. Da, 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 da. So David sent messengers to get her. And she came to him and lay with her. Now she was uh, purifying herself after her period. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I'm pregnant. Oh, God, the days of our lives. I've seen this episode. And not really, I don't watch that. But, uh, I did grow up. My grand always watched all my children every morning. And being a homeschooler, I was at the kitchen table and like having to like, you know, subconsciously absorb whatever's happening on all my children while I'm trying to do my social studies. Right? It was just, it never worked out very well. Uh, and so... Small explanations. Anyway, uh, so uh, you get this text here, and if you're kind of looking at this text like I'm looking at this text, you start to realize what's there, and uh, or, or rather maybe what's not there, right? Sort of like the like what's uh, there, there's a lot of story here, like verse uh, three, like he sees Bathsheba, and then uh, by the time you get to, to verse five, she's like, hey yo. Uh, I'm your baby mama now, you know, and there's, there's a whole lot of other things, like, how did this go down, what are we missing, like, in what ways did this happen uh, in the text, right? So the story gives us this, again, this sudden shift in the way we may typically see King David, right? Uh, it's, it's very sudden, and God, God's chosen servant to lead his people, now already uh, in his life there's, there's coveting, adultery, and, right, and soon, soon there's going to be murder, right? Uh, there's sort of this this snowball that happens, uh, right? Any anyone love to just play in the snow? Big, big snow people, north, northerners in the room, in the house. Uh, you know, I feel like we rarely get good like snowmen snow here in the south, right? It's got to be the right consistent. It's got to be a little wet, you know, even for a good sled, you know. Anyway, uh, so you you roll up a snowball, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Uh, you ever notice how like sin can seem to be like a snowball sometimes? It, it's like it, it's like it kind of escalates, right? It's like it's like you steal that pack of gum, and then you have to lie about it, right? And then then your friend finds out you stole the gum, and then you have to silence your friend, and then and then it's hard to even enjoy the gum after that. Uh, but. Uh, but, but you notice, uh, the next time you steal gum, it's easier, right? Uh, Did you have two other friends? <laughs> <laughs> we all had different childhoods. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. All my children got your Sin has a way of, like, snowballing, right? Like, it, sin can beget uh, sin, right? And uh, it's just... Uh, it just happens. It's like it's like the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Uh, you ever been in the snowball of sin uh, this morning? Uh, contrarily, I, I, I also believe that there's like a snowball of 
holy snowball, like a like a like a right like a snowball of righteousness. Yeah, no, that that somehow like the further you step into the kingdom, like the more you step in the kingdom, and it's like, well, I'm already this far, you know. And it's like it's like the easier it is to step further into the kingdom, right? You can sort of like snowball uh, the other way, right? And and the further you get away from uh, your sin, right? It's like the more you can easily roll into the kingdom. Uh, somebody say snowball. 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 So, all of a sudden in this narrative, uh, the people of God, uh, we, we get King David, and he's like, uh, he's like the, the hero of the story typically, right? He's like the singer of songs. Uh, he wrote all these psalms. He, he's, the, uh, he's in the lineage of Christ, right? We even refer to Jesus as the son of David, right? Joseph doesn't even get street cred. Like, it's just son of, son of David, uh, right? <laughs> Uh, but here in this moment, we catch such a, a different glimpse of David. And so David tries to, to wiggle out of this situation, right? And he's like contriving cover-ups. Uh, Uriah comes home, uh, but Uriah's like such a good dude that he wouldn't even go and like stay with his wife. Like he sleeps at the door and, and you know, David's like freaking heck, you know, and... <laughs> And I love this line that, that Uriah has, and it's in verse 11. It says, look, hey, the ark and Israel and Judah remain in booths, right, which are like tents. And uh, my Lord Job and the rest of the servants are camping in the open field. How am I supposed to go in here and drink and eat and lie with my wife, right? And it's like, it's like the ark of the covenant's out in the battle, right? And I'm, I, I can't do that, right? And David's like, his plan is falling apart. Uh, and so the cover-up gets bloody. Right, and then uh, before you know it, Bathsheba is now, along with her pre her pregnancy, uh, is now has now lost her husband. Uh, right. So we're gonna fast forward in the text uh, to verse twenty six. Uh, it says, "When the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead, she made lamentation for him. And uh, when the mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son." But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Uh, you see what's going on here this morning? Uh, <coughs> you kind of catch it in the text, right? Isn't it shocking now that for thousands of years, uh, women have been suffering un under the thumb of men in power? That, that even in this biblical narrative, like we have not escaped this thing like thousands of years later. Like this stuff is, is still going on, right? And, and you, I mean, it just like, once you see it, you see it, right? I, I, I read a lot of commentators on this, on this passage and it, it goes all sorts of different ways because it's like, man, I mean, there's stuff going on in this passage. And, and I remember there was some that it said, uh, they were saying things like, uh, you know, like why? Why was Bathsheba bathing where someone could watch her? Yeah, you know, and, uh, and questions like that. And I once said, uh, you know, the text doesn't insinuate any type of force happening here, and on and on and on. Like, let's ask the wrong <laughs> questions while we're at it, uh, right? These are called uh, privileged white male observations on scripture. Uh, you can find lots of them. They're out there, free to Google. They're on Wikipedia. Um, and uh, so Bathsheba, right, is trapped in a culture that assigns her zero 
value independent from a man, right? And she's under the lure of the one person with the most power in her whole world, culture, everything, right? Uh, I mean, it doesn't take much imagination to figure out how it actually happened. So this morning, I wonder if we can't hear the, the cry of Bathsheba that also says, Me too. You know, this, uh, this Me Too thing has been around for a long time. This is a really old part of the story of our sin, uh, right? It goes back very, very far, right? Um, and then uh, King David, right? All the guys we thought were safe and all the guys we thought that we could trust, right? In a moment of luxury and lust, even David does this evil thing. Uh, and so what do we do with David, right? Uh, what, do we, what do we do with David? Uh, and so this story, this brokenness, this pain... This in, injustice, uh, it's this eerie old sin pattern, right? This old snowball of sin that, that's still around, right? This, this broken relationship between men and women have been around for a very long time, uh, right? In the very beginning, the uh, interpretation even uh, uh, of the creation uh, poem, right, in Genesis uh, could even be a reflection of how far back the sin goes, right? Um, even more starkly, uh, what happened in the fall, right? The, the, the who made that bad choice? Right? Well, the, the woman made the bad choice, right? And clearly, clearly, right, um, the, the fruit in the garden is, a, you know, it's eating, like, that's, a, that's a sign of feminine wisdom. That's what that is, right? Um, it's, it's not hard to, to begin to trace back uh, how, how far back this sort of victimization can go. Anyway, that's a little bit of a window we're not going to jump out of today. But, uh, but I want to keep, keep moving and see, see where this goes for us. This, this brokenness goes very deep in our story, and I think it's something we need to stir on. And so, uh, David, what do we do with David, right? Does David believe his place in the story? Like, does David, does David believe he's just like, uh, you know, that his blessing is now entitlement? Does David believe he's kind of like above it all now, uh, and, you know, in which he has no accountability to his neighbor anymore like what do we do with our king like do we toss out the psalms should we just like all just get our bibles and just rip those out right now you know uh do do we scratch out david in the in the lineage of jesus yeah no i just take that right out of there we'll do something else with that um wasn't it wasn't it uh tom wasn't it thomas jefferson who did or andrew jackson right? Jeff, 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 jefferson. jefferson yeah who decided he's gonna make his own bible this, this is tough, right? Um, here's what we do know this morning. That the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. All right, we're going to jump ahead. Um, we're, we're going somewhere. Second uh, Samuel, it's a lot of text, but keep up. Second uh, Samuel uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 1. So Nathan is confronting uh, David. Uh, and he came to him and said to him, uh, there are two, two men in a certain city, and the one rich and the other poor. And the rich man had uh, very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew with him and with his children. It used to eat of his meager fare and drink from his cup and lie in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And now there came a traveler to the rich man. And he was loath to take one of his own flock or her to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared that for the guest who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. 
And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Verse 7, Nathan said to David, You are the man. You are the man. It's, uh, it's you, right? Words from the prophet of God here. I mean, uh, he's dropping the gauntlet a little bit. You are the man. You are the man. Isn't this whole thing amazing? Anybody here? Uh, my daughter loves these this morning. I had to sneak these out of the house so she wouldn't see me. Uh, and it was pretty tough here because bubbles are on lockdown in our house. Anybody like bubbles? This out. I'm also very bad at blowing bubbles. These Stop it. These must be old. Uh-huh. So, oh, the you guys know you can re-catch them and blow them again? You're just going too fast. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Try waving the wand instead of blowing. Oh no! Whenever I whenever I wave the wand, like everyone gets wet. (laughs) Anybody here like bubbles? I do. (laughs) I I went to the fry for I like bubbles. You ever lived in a bubble before? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> we all know that Jeremy lives in a bubble. <laughs> you call that Atkins house. If you've ever been in that place. Like, what is this, like a farm meets Whole Foods in here? You know those are going to make the floor so slippery. Hey, by the time church is over, there's going to be bread and, yeah. Kids sliding Anybody ever lived in a bubble before? Trebekah's campus. Trebekah has to be the biggest, the biggest bubble in existence. I mean, if if you didn't go there, then well, you went to other some other places also bubble. But Trebekah is such Trebekah is such a bubble, right? Uh, I mean, uh, our families. You know what? Everyone's family is a bubble. You realize that? Like everyone's family is a bubble. And you, you don't realize that fully maybe until, like, you invite your friends home for Thanksgiving. Or, or, or you get married and you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, your family's weird because mine's normal and yours is weird. And uh, your family should be more like mine because uh, mine's not a bubble, right? We live in all sorts of bubbles. Right? America, like, freaking that. Like, what a bubble. <coughs> bubble, right? There's so much bubbles, right? The South. South is a big bubble. God bless it. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes we've been in our own bubbles for so long. We've been like in our own echo chambers, hearing the voices of validation uh, for ourselves uh, for, for so long. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen? amen. Someone validate what I'm saying right now. <laughs> you know, we're, we're surrounded by people who look like us, who, who think like us, who, who pat us on the back, right? And and like our posts, and uh, you know, there's there's never any abrasion or tension of or anything to ever pop the bubble, right? Uh, because that's that's uh, that's what we're in, right? Uh, we're we're bubble living, uh, right? And 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 once you're in your bubble uh, for so long, bless you. Oh, thanks, bad. Please, 
Once you're in your bubble for so long, right, you, that's kind of the thing about bubbles, right? You don't really realize you're in there. Uh, uh, you know, they're like transparent, but they just bounce all the sound back. You know, uh, you're, you're in there. Um, you don't realize it all. You have no idea, right? Know anyone in a bubble this morning? What are your bubbles? Someone say bubbles. <laughs> so I love, I love what happens here in the text. The prophet Nathan is like, uh, let me spell it out for you. You are the man. Right? David hears this whole thing, right? Uh, like the prophet of God comes with this pointy little scripture knife and he just, you know, uh, let, let, me spell it, let me spell it out for you, right? Uh, by the way, if you didn't realize this morning, Jesus is the biggest bubble burster, uh, right? Jesus is all, like, if Jesus will burst all your bubbles, right? It's a painful process, uh, but it's amazing, right? Um, actually, I was thinking, wouldn't that be great on like one of those big names of God poster, you know, like like King above all kings, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, you know, the biggest bubble burster, you know. I mean, it would just, I think it, I think it would work. But um, it, it, it's, it's an interesting. So, so Nathan comes and he tells this story, right? He gives this parable and he gives this narrative, and it's something about this narrative that begins to crack open uh, David's uh, shell, right? And helped him peer into this thing. David's like, yes, this is an obvious injustice, right? And, and then Nathan's like, uh, it's, it's you, right? It's, it's you, right? Uh, it's like something, something about through the parable, right? Through the story of the other, uh, through this thing that we're hearing uh, now this, from the prophet, right? It is, is telling us something about it ourselves, right? It's helping us realize something that's actually about ourselves, uh, right? Uh, this is this is uh, this is what we're doing right now, by the way, and what we do every Sunday when we when we read the Bible, right? It becomes a mirror, and and something about something about this story reflects back and helps us see something about our story. Yes, you almost can't explain it. It's crazy, right? Um, let me tell you, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of men. Let me get specific. There are a lot of men out there who are in some unholy bubbles. There are a lot of, well, we, have to, we have to throw them in there. There are a lot of women out there who are in some unholy bubbles. You know, there's, there's people, all sorts of people. Uh, you know what? We're all in some sort of bubble. We've all got our bubbles, right, this morning. Everyone's got <coughs> bubbles, of course. Uh, but I might venture to say this morning that, that the most deadliest narratives out there, uh, the bubbles that, that I think do the most harm, uh, are are the ones with the most wealth and the most power. And I find it really sad and also very ironic that it's the ones who have the capacity to do the most good uh, that seem to just do the most harm in the world. Um, you see, this, there's, there's this narrative of power that oppresses the poor uh, in so many ways, right? Um, when those with the most power and the most wealth in the world refuse to enter into the battle, right, themselves and act responsibly with what they actually hold in their own hands, that's when the most, uh, that's when the entire world becomes victim. Are you with me? Uh, once those with, with, the, with the most responsibility, the most power, the most wealth, right, once, 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 if, if they're on the couch, if they're not engaging in the battle, the whole world becomes uh, victim, uh, right? You see, just like Bathsheba becomes prey to the powers in her world, so does 
all those, right, people and places in the world become abused by the irresponsible powers, uh, right, those who are greater than themselves. Are you with me? Um, so I have to get on my soapbox for, for just a second uh, here this morning. I might stand in this cajon uh, because we have, to, we have to talk about climate change for a second. And um, you, know, you, can think, you can think whatever you will. I don't think this is a political issue. I think it's a human issue. Um, but um, do you know that what happens in the world in the most wealthiest countries? I mean, this was in like the, the last report from the UN. Um, directly affect the most impoverished places in the world. <laughs> I mean, it's really not rocket science. Like, you can just, like, look at a graph, and you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, that what happens here, I mean, you get specific, in America, has a huge direct f effect on what happens in the most impoverished places uh, in the whole world, um, right? <coughs> some, of these, uh, some of these islands, uh, right, uh, that we know of now are going extinct pretty soon, right? Cor the coral reef isn't the only thing that's going to be uh, dead soon, right? Um, let me just say this morning, if, if butterflies can flap their wings and something happens on the other side of the planet, right, butterfly effect or something, yeah, I, I, I just have a hunch that like we as people, uh, like our actions have some sort of effect in the world, right? Uh, one of, like the biggest joke I ever hear uh, in life is when someone talks to me and they're like, you know, I just don't know if humans can have any effects on the planet, really, you know, and Really? Like, uh, you know, is that is that really a thing? Because the way I understand it is that we've always had uh, the God-given capacity to affect this place. Like, well, since since when has that ever not happened, right? Uh, we've been affecting this place for better or for worse for a very long time, right? And so it's late in the afternoon, kings and queens. And we're just getting off the couch. Are you with me? Are you seeing this, right? And instead of joining in the battle, right? Scripture says this is the time even when kings go into battle. Instead of joining in the battle that's going on in the world, we're in this luxurious place. We're on our rooftops. We're gazing out into our courtyards and just seeing what we want to take next, right? Just seeing what we want to enjoy and have for ourselves, right? We're just glancing out in the world, right? Someone say battle this morning. Battle. Everything we do affects the world. We will use our lives advancing the kingdom of heaven or we'll use our lives advancing the kingdom of hell. Regardless of what you believe about climate or, or whatever. Right? Every, every, every bit of uh, what we purchase, our, our shoes, our, our food, it all comes from like the ground. Uh, it, it all comes from the world. It all comes from people. Someone somewhere has to make these things, right? Uh, this, is, this is how it works. Uh, do you know, like, uh, every bit of your smart technology has this melanin, these precious metals that are only found in certain mines in the world, and it's something like a third of those mines are, are run, like, we know, like, run by slave labor, right? It's like the greatest cover-up in the world. And children. And children, right, and children. And, and, and it's ridiculous. There used to be this website, I don't know if it's still there, you could go on and see if your, your phone is a blood phone. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like a blood diamond? Uh, right? And, uh, it, like, it's really, like, a Let's just recycle. Let's let's at least start by like recycling our technology. Like you go down here into Omaha and just like 
put it in a bin or Best Buy or you know like take it out of your drawer next to your bed and like do you know like some some child somewhere is like digging this out of a hole, right? And it, and it's stuff like that and 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 we, we the shadow's been pulled over all of our eyes, right? That that, that we live in a bubble uh, while there's a battle going on, right? There's a battle going on this morning, and we uh, are a little too captivated by Bathsheba to even notice. The bankrupt morality that rapes Bathsheba is the same snowball of sin that is raping our planet. And any man, woman, or child in the path of this avalanche of taking what we want to make our lives more fulfilled. I'm going to ask you this morning, where's your Bathsheba? Who's your Bathsheba? Are you in a bubble today? Has your bubble been popped? This is not an easy thing. Are you engaged in the battle this morning? Are you on the couch? Following the Lord requires uh, a good bit of just and holy living and battle scars and crosses. So what do we do? Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to land this plane. What are, what are we supposed to do? What are, what are we supposed to do with David? Uh, I mean, what are we going to do with that guy? I mean, where is the hope this morning, I guess, right? Um, to close this morning, uh, I, want, I want to read some of Psalm 51. We read a little bit of it uh, in our responsive reading. Psalm 51 is the psalm uh, that David wrote and sung after Nathan confronted him uh, about Bathsheba. I want to read that for us this morning. 51 verse 1 if you have a Bible. David says, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, plot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my <laughs> transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I, I, was, I was born guilty. I was conceived a sinner in my mother's womb. You, you desire truth in my inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I, will trans then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips. Open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give you a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, 
you will not despise. Here's what's helpful for us, I think, this morning, uh, also for David, is, uh, is, is this is, I think, the starting place for us all, uh, this thing called repentance. That, that at any given point, we can stop going this way, that we can get off of this snowball, and that we can start going this way, right? That's what repentance means. Like, literally, we're going to change directions, right? <coughs> repentance, right? That, that we can confess what we've done, and, and that we can start going the other way, right? By the way, we don't have leaders like that anymore, people who confess and people who repent, right? Repentance. In that this morning, uh, may we this morning snowball into the kingdom of God. May, may our bubbles be burst by the risen Lord. May, be willi- may we be willing to enter into the very difficult battles of what it means to be the people of God in our world today. And may God use every one of our choices to bring life and redemption and safety for Bathsheba's everywhere for all the marginalized in our society, and for every piece of soil that needs revitalized in our world. Let us pray. Lord God, create in us a clean heart, O God put a new and right spirit within us. In your name we pray. Amen.